welcome to episode two of the National Bank of Rwanda podcast. And today's conversation is regarding the sandbox. Now, what is a sandbox? What is the purpose of a sandbox? Who better than the person in charge of the department? Now, our guest today has quite the title. Yes, it's a long, long title. She is the manager of the financial sector development and innovation, financial sector development and inclusion department. Ladies and gentlemen, it is none other than Kyuzizo Ingrid. Thank you for making the time. Thank you for having me. The long title. This encompasses a lot of responsibility. And, you know, some holy books say, to whom much is given, much is expected. What does the Department of Manager Financial Sector Development and Innovation, Financial Sector Development and Inclusion Department do? Thank you for starting there. It's quite long, yes, but it also means a lot in terms of what we bring to the financial sector and what we bring to the National Bank. So the department itself focuses on developing the financial sector. The financial sector is basically all the institutions and the product and services that they provide that are regulated by the central bank. To give examples, I can say the banking sector, the insurance sector, the pension sector, all of those are under the regulatory scope of the National Bank of Rwanda. So we look at different initiatives that can help us develop uh, the financial sector. You know, Rwanda is positioning as a financial hub, so there's a lot of development going on to be able to achieve that vision. Secondly, we look at financial inclusion. And we go by a motto that says we leave no one behind. So that means that everyone has to be financially served. How do we ensure that that's what we work on, financial inclusion? We look after groups that were previously or in the past left behind, women, youth, people with disability. We undertake several initiatives that are informed by data. So, yeah, in a nutshell, we look after developing the financial sector and including all Rwandans into this financial system. Thank you for that brief breakdown. Uh, regulation and innovation are two things that uh, you find that they rarely sync. And what do I mean by this? Innovation tends to move 5x ahead of regulation. And to the innovators, the frustration is there that regulation is not moving fast enough. It always feels like if they come to the regulators, the first answer is a no. The central bank, uh, I would say, is trying to modernize and move away from what is, you know, the brick and mortar workings of uh, central banks or regulatory institutions as they're seen. So with that uh, came a rather interesting venture, and that is the BNR Sandbox. Now, Rwanda is one of the first few African countries to set up a sandbox, at least by the central bank. You've talked about Rwanda positioning itself as a financial hub. That's one step there. What is a sandbox and why are we here in regards to the history of setting up or the process of setting up the central bank sandbox? Well, that's quite a loaded question. It has some background on innovation versus regulation in your right. And it should be that innovation moves faster than regulation. What is the challenge is when regulation is not adapting or moving with innovation. and regulators across the world have realized that it's not about moving together because, I mean, innovation would not be innovating fast enough if you're moving with regulation. It's rather about making provisions that can allow innovation to exist and to grow. So how does the regulatory sandbox come in? 
So there are different approaches that regulators take to be able to facilitate innovation. I'll give an example of one of those approaches. There's the watch and learn approach, which is what happened to mobile money services when they came in Africa, not just in Rwanda. Regulators didn't know what this is about, but they didn't tell mobile money providers to stop operating. They told them, we don't know what you're doing. We're going to watch you and learn what you're doing and then probably regulate you because regulating is about safeguarding the users of the product. It's about making sure the risks are calculated and properly mitigated. So watch and learn is one of the ways that regulators respond to innovation. A sandbox, a regulatory sandbox is another way that regulators respond to innovation. And what does a sandbox do? A sandbox looks at existing regulations and allows an innovator to have flexibilities to test and have a testing phase before they can scale and launch the product to a larger commercial phase. There's a lot that we can dissect in the BNR regulation that establishes the sandbox, but if we could put it in a big line, the regulatory sandbox is there to give innovators room to test within parameters agreed with the regulator. It feels like it's a case of having your cake and eating it too. Uh, and what do I mean here? What you feel with most fintechs and the challenge, or it could be a lack of information, is for them to be able to be part of a sandbox, they are asked to have certain qualifications. And one of those qualifications could be how long have they been working or where has the solution been tested and how many people are using the solution. Well, at the same time, for them to go to the people to use the solution, they need to have the BNR regulation. How do you marry those two? I think one thing we have to correct in your statement, what we are looking for when we encourage even innovators to pursue the sandbox process, we are not looking for your experience. What we are looking at is your product. Is it viable? Is it safe? And most importantly, is it a genuine innovation in the market? The central bank is already providing licenses for financial products. For a product that is ready to be licensed, then for sure that there is need to go and be licensed and start operating in line with the regulation that concerns the product that you're providing. Now, the sandbox gives facility to companies that have a viable product. It's a genuine innovation, but they have certain requirements of their regulations that are really hindering their growth, that they feel like they cannot achieve immediately, that they need time to be able to achieve and then be licensed later on. What is a viable product? You've tested, you understand your risks, you have mitigated them. We need to also understand the standpoint of the regulator. A fintech can come in this market. In a period of two to three months, they have distorted the stability that we had today. Fair enough. And this happens under the watch of the regulator, right? So the sandbox does not reduce the standard of what the regulator expects in people who are providing financial services. It does not reduce the standard. It does not reduce the safety requirements. It does not reduce the consumer protection requirements. It does not reduce the cybersecurity, the data and privacy requirements. What it does is to tell you that if 
you are sure of your product. And then you have specific requirements in the regulations that you want to be waived, even temporarily, come to us. We don't want to stop your product from being used or from being tested because you are still figuring out, let's say, your governance and you're still filling your board or because you're still getting funding, your paid up capital is not yet to the required amount. So we don't want those regulatory requirements to hinder genuine innovation to come to the market. But again, we are not lowering the standard of BNR as a regulator. So how do you balance it out? And I think that takes us to the question of how the regulatory sandbox of the central bank works. Let's take it back a few steps. Application Mm -hmm. to be part of the BNR sandbox. What does that look like and what's the process? I think where we're heading now, if we've really established what the regulatory sandbox of BNR is, then where we're heading at is the scope and the eligibility. So the scope is that first, the product or service you're providing is under the regulatory scope of BNR. We regulate financial products. So if it's other solutions that are not regulated at the central bank, then the regulatory sandbox of BNR is not your place. Mm -hmm. Right. And then in terms of eligibility, really the top thing that we are looking at is it's a genuine innovation. How do you determine that? So first of all, you're improving something. You're either improving efficiency, you're improving risk management, you have faster, better solutions, less costly probably to the market. So there is a problem that you're solving in the market that is being also done differently. For example, mobile money is one of the digitized financial solutions that we have in the market that has really made its impact. If you're creating another mobile money, then my advice would be, please get proper license because you're just reproducing. We don't hate reproducing. It's competition. It's good for the market. But really, when you look at the kind of solution you're bringing, if you're you're solving a problem in how financial products are being delivered, we won't see that genuine innovation. So if I could put it in a nutshell, it's you bring a product that solves a problem or brings new way of delivering financial services. Interesting, because that answers partly, but I want you to expand on something, uh, Ingrid, um, and that is around BNR regulatory sandbox has had about two calls for applications, Mm -hmm. and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're right. There's some rejections that have happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, along the rejections, there's a, a common denominator that you have seen with these rejections. And if you could list one or two of these common denominators, what are those failures of those startups or institutions or innovations that you feel like it doesn't fit or they are lacking something in particular? What are those lackings? The first thing, I would say it's understanding of the regulation. We have had the impression that the regulatory sandbox was not understood for what it is. Rather, people, innovators that are at the testing phase, that are still building their companies, that have not established a viability of their product, think it's a place where they can come and do all of this and start to put together their ideas. And I don't blame them because that's what the idea of the sandbox has been. But then that's the danger of not even calling it the regulatory sandbox because it makes people think that this is where you're going to come and 
form your idea, put it together, put your company together. No, this is where you're going to come with a product that the only challenge you have is a regulatory challenge. And then we'll help you solve the regulatory challenge. So basically, if uh, you, know, you have your product ready and maybe you're going to deal with a financial institution, because many of them will ask, uh, do you have the regulation from the central bank? Or you're, they're going to deal with customers. Like, do you have the regulation from the central bank? Do they feel protected? That's when they should come to you at that final stage. Yes, at that stage where now you need to be licensed and legitimized for you to serve. But then you look at the licensing requirements and you feel like, I don't have this kind of level of board formed, but I'm like 50% there. I don't have this kind of capital, but I'm like 60% there. I don't have X, Y, Z requirements in the regulation that concerns me, but I can get there in X, Y, Z time. Instead of holding back this genuine innovation, this genuine product, let me go to the central bank and ask them to waive this requirement. For example, to hire a chairman of the board with a 10 years experience. Let me go to the central bank. If I can prove that my governance is strong enough without a chairman of the board who has 10 years of experience, then they can let me push forward this product within a contained environment, of course. Ingrid, I want you to, and uh, I'm here tapping into your experience because I've seen you break down some of these things quite extensively. The fintech ecosystem in Rwanda is growing uh, and it's growing at a rapid pace. And I think you can see that in the quality of applications you're receiving or the number of applications you're receiving. If you compare the first cohort to the second cohort, there's been a level of improvement. How would you assess the fintech ecosystem in Rwanda? I would say that the fintech ecosystem, obviously, in Rwanda has many companies that are called startups. And that comes with its own challenges. First, there is need of strong incubators. And then this is where some of the people who apply for the sandbox would love to be supported. An incubator that ensures that you're getting the legal support that you need. Sometimes we are being approached by developers. If you're a developer, what you need to work on is your product. Then I find that innovators deserve to be supported in terms of business management, in terms of legal support. In terms of, so what can we do to let innovators flourish in their area, but also support them to develop the business? So that's number one. We need incubators. We need places where fintechs, the startups that we have, especially local ones, can get that diverse level of support. We appreciate things that the fintech hub is doing, that Norsken is doing. And then we want to be also tapping in with the regulatory aspect of things, but those solutions being provided somewhere already. That's number one. Number two, we have pioneers and there is strength in pioneers. When we look at mobile money services, being like the pioneer of fintech in the country, you can see how innovation in payments is really, really growing. When we receive applications, it's like 80% payments. And why? That Because there has been a pioneer that has proved that it's possible. Now people are building on this experience to innovate more in this area. 
But the other areas, there's insurance, there is lending, there's saving. There's a lot of other things that also can be innovated in. But what the pioneer does is to show that it's possible. So we have a lot of startups and it would be great to really reinforce all the kind of services that they receive in the different incubation programs that they undergo. And then secondly, it's a call for responsibility to also support and bring up the ecosystem. Who's Ingrid? Ingrid is a, a regular person who has grown and developed a career in finance. Um, I actually did sciences before I joined the finance world. After that, I did my master's in international business. I worked as a banker for a very, very long time, seven years. Now I am still doing banking, but on the other side, as a regulator, I'm just this uh, regular lady who's building herself, building her career, building her life. Thank you for making the time, Ingrid. Thank you for having me.